You took my sickness and you healed my pain. And that's exactly what he did for me when I had cancer in 2001. I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you. I am just so grateful for what he's done for me, for this church. And I know that there's uh, all of you have the same... I'm just so thankful. Um, Let me let me pray. I'm going to pray for you and just thank give give Lord thanks. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to come into this place. And Lord, as we come to this week of Thanksgiving, there is so much to be thankful for, so much to be grateful for. I thank you for Betty, Lord, and just. uh, the opportunity that I've had over the last few months and the last year and a half to get to know her and Jim. and Lord, I am just so excited about what you're doing in their lives. But Lord, this morning we give you thanks specifically for the healing that you have brought into her life. Lord, we are reminded that you are an all-powerful, all-loving, gracious God. And this morning we just thank you, Lord, for all that you have given us. For every single thing we have. Lord, let us never get to the place we forget where our gifts come from. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You said it for me. (laughs) If you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And last week, we started a two-week series. And so that means we're going to finish it today. But we started a two-week series on... The Barriers of God Working in a Church. And last week what we talked about were those barriers that have been set up. Those things that God will not honor a church if it's there. And we we talked about passionless worship. And we talked about arrogant Christians. We talked about the fact that when we come into this place and we're not passionate about the God that we serve. And we're arrogant in making plans without Him. And we have prayerlessness in our midst. And what we have is a church that is functioning without the power of the Holy Spirit. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about the barriers that can be in our lives being removed. And how in the world do we take those barriers and we wipe them out? And this morning, you're going to help me preach a little bit, all right? Say, okay. You're going to talk a little bit to me. There are four keys to this. Second Chronicles 7.14. You probably know the verse, many of you. We're going to talk about the background of the verse a little bit. But you're going to help me this morning, and I'm going to give you the four points of the sermon before we even get started. And what you don't have to write them down because we're going to say them enough that you're going to have them, all right? But I do want you to repeat them after me. Now, some of you can write and talk. Some of you, however, have one-track minds, all right? Some of your spouses say amen. Some of you have one-track minds. I want you just for a minute to say these four words. Repeat them after me, all right? Because this is God's prescription for removing the barriers from our lives. First of all, humility. Prayer. Passion. Repentance. All right, that was okay, but that wasn't good. All right? Say them back to me. Humility. Humility. Prayer. Prayer. Passion. Passion. Repentance. Humility. Humility. Prayer. Prayer. Passion. Passion. Repentance. Repentance. All right. 
That's what we're going to talk about. Second Chronicles chapter 7 is one of my absolute favorite chapters in all of Scripture because it describes a time, a high moment in the history of Israel. Those of you that have been in church know about the fact that the goal of, of David and the goal of the people of Israel was to build a permanent place for God to reside. You remember that it was a different kind of setting than today when we're on the other side of the cross and we have the promise of the Holy Spirit living within us. They wanted a place where they knew God would reside, that when they went to the, this place, they could go there and know God's presence was there. And they had the tabernacle, and the tabernacle was okay, but it was a tent. Tabernacle literally means tent. And so they moved it from place to place. And David, when he consolidated the kingdom, when he got everybody ready, he wanted to build this magnificent temple that could be a showcase for God. But because of his man of war status, the man of blood status, because of some things he did in his life, God rejected David's request to build a temple. And he gave it to his son, Solomon. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, what is happening here is that they are dedicating the temple. And in the chapters that lead up to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, then you have the prayer and the dedication ceremony. And what I love about 2 Chronicles chapter 7 is this wonderful picture that we get that it says that in the previous chapters that they got ready to dedicate the temple and the entire nation of Israel was out there. Now, you can imagine that when any church opens a new building, that is a big deal. There are people there. Numbers grow. People come to see the new church, see what's happening. People come to see what's being unveiled. But can you imagine if there was a national church being opened for the first time and it was considered one of the greatest feats of architecture in the ancient world. It was absolutely magnificent. And it says that Solomon gets up in front of this crowd and he stands up preparing for them and he falls to his knees. He lifts his hands to the sky and there he prays a prayer of dedication. Now we're not going to read that prayer today but I invite you to go back to Acts to the the chapter before in chapter 6 and read that prayer. Now chapter 7 opens up and we're going to get to the points in just a minute, but I just want you to get the set.